we're being bombarded pop culture-wise with a lot of memories of the Apollo program because it's 50 years since the success of the landing. And that means there's been uh, some product tie-ins like uh, these moon-flavored Oreos I have, which are just like you know, <laughs> I have my doubts about about moon flavored Oreos because the thing about moon dust is that it's pretty hard to get, and I don't think that any of well. Then again, we're talking about scientists. Somebody's tasted it. Oh, um, the astronauts did as well. Uh, you could look that up. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, no, that, that's like a known thing. Because <laughs> um, like. If you're if you're a science lab, you can get moon rocks, or really, you get a bag of moon dust, right. and you have to return it when you're done with it, <laughs> minus you know whatever kind of blew away because it's a bag of dust, um, or got vaporized because you were using a laser, et cetera, et cetera. Right, guaranteed. Some <laughs> physicists out there have also yeah. tasted it. Yeah, it probably tastes kind of like dirt. Because it's not entirely dissimilar from dirt. I'm not going to say anything because there was a specific analogy that I don't recall. And uh, uh, gunpowder. Oh, okay. Gunpowder. So so that means that somebody tasted gunpowder. And we're like, huh, this tastes like the moon. Uh, so the Oreos are just marshmallow flavored. Um, but also there's been a lot of stuff on TV of various angles on it um there's the patriotic stuff which is kind of like mm, to watch in the current political climate <laughs> weren't some of the scientists involved like former nazis well yeah that's a huge thing so that's you know that that's a thing yeah and some of them were useful some of them weren't but they were just sort of put on gardening leave because like <laughs> They neither wanted to murder them nor let the Russians have uh, right. the rocket scientists who uh, built the V2 and stuff for Germany. It's a dilly of a pickle. <laughs> right. It, it's another one of those, like the Apollo program itself, uh, Operation Paperclip, which uh, is the name if anyone wants to look up all of that, is another thing which is just ugh, so, so many angles. Many of them are the one I want to start with here is that the Apollo program was like state-sponsored crunch culture. And, right. you know, you can kind of just see that or, you know, say, yeah, you know, that, that makes sense just by, you know, knowing how hard we tried and everything. Um, but during one of these shows, um, and it was uh, the one the Science Channel is airing right now where they're just pooping on some uh, conspiracist head the whole time. <laughs> Um, Excellent. Uh, where a uh, uh, former, maybe he's CIA something, and a former actual astronaut have like connections. So they interview like actual engineers and people involved in uh, the original program. And in one of their interviews, there's a flyby comment of, you know, we'd finish our shift and then we'd hang around at the start of the next shift to see if, you know, all the things we were fixing stayed fixed or whatever we were working on. And it's like, first of all, round-the-clock engineers, what could possibly go wrong, even if they are in shifts? Yeah, it sounds a little <laughs> bit like nine women trying to make a baby in one month. Yeah. But... And second of all, like, 
Don't stay into hour 12 of your eight-hour shift. You're not getting paid Go for home. that. Go home. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 you know, pretty wild to think that they were, they were, uh, driving these these engineers just as if they were trying to make a video game right and of course the apollo program like every other moonshot in uh tech history including the iphone um hmm. if they slowed down they still would have been first because they were so far ahead or the competition was doing something completely different in the case of the iPhone, iPhone clones didn't come out until after the iPhone. No one was thinking about <laughs> any of that. <laughs> um, games, I mean, you know, who cares? There's a million of the same game every year. No one cares. People want that because the one game ended. In the case of the Apollo <laughs> program, uh, the Soviets weren't interested in landing people on the moon. When uh, Kennedy gave his uh, uh, painkiller-induced speech there, um, hmm which is not a slight against uh, mental health. It is just more of a historic awareness that Kennedy was often off script and was going through a lot. So most of the time he was in horrible pain and that was motivating his decisions. And other times he had sufficient painkillers and too much of those can cause an altered mental state. And it was sort of comparable to like Steve Jobs saying FaceTime was going to be open source on yeah. stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that never happened. And not talking to anyone first. And like really, it's it's a little silly to have men walk on the moon. There's no real reason to do that other than to say that you did. Well, we got those delicious delicious rocks out of it. We could have got those rocks just as easily with an unmanned drone, a vehicle yeah. piloted from like there. Which is how rocks the are not hard get to theirs. <laughs> right? Like that's fine. It's and so the whole thing where like now we want to, and I don't mean when I say we, I absolutely do not mean myself. <laughs> we yeah, want to like send humans to Mars. It's like fucking yeah. why? Yeah, we're gonna say we equals U.S. a lot of times in this episode, um, and it's less <laughs> out of patriotism and more out of familiarity and indoctrination <laughs> so as uh happens with secretive crunch culture you get uh two things happen one is that you repeat each other's mistakes and right. another one is that well you make mistakes because of you know just the environment like that and the big one mm -hmm. of course is the apollo one fire where they were testing the capsule on the ground on earth and um so i can't figure out the math that makes this make sense but they <laughs> decided that because there's zero atmospheric pressure in space that their one psi inside or or, or rather the uh one atmosphere of air they of pressure of air they had inside um the differential uh to simulate that on earth would be to crank it up to like 16 times that or four times it rather which seems like it's kind of like a you know one divided by zero or zero over or infinity <laughs> over one kind of thing it's like are you sure yeah. you just didn't pull that out of your butts whatever or 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so the inside of the capsule was uh, pressurized, like, by enough so that it would be, like, they were in space while they were at sea level. Uh, and it's sort of the opposite of being, like, like trying to... So, to, to keep tangenting here, <laughs> uh, one of the... One of the reasons it's so <laughs> yes, dangerous what? to fall into a body of water in a car is because the pressure holds the doors shut because they open outward and right. the larger pressure is on the outside once you're underwater. In the case of the Apollo 1 uh, module they were testing, they created the same situation, um, but on the other side of things. So the Inside was where pressure was higher, and the door opened inward. And on top of that, um, because you don't want to be able to just, like, open the latch on a door in the middle of space, you have to use, <laughs> like, an enormous wrench to get, like, two-inch-wide bolts off of it first. You want a real good seal. When you pressurize it such... In, in this direction, with that initial hatch design, um, the torque required to loosen the bolts was basically impossible. So, basically, this thing was, like, like permanently sealed. Like, it could only be opened when the outside declared the experiment over and depressurized the inside. And then they would be able to use the giant wrench and go through a lot of uh, labor to open it um, because the door opened inward. Um, and out of literal laziness, and we'll get to this, uh, they <laughs> decided rather than an air-ish mixture to pump basically pure oxygen inside of it, uh, because could possibly go wrong, you know, th they only needed to have oxygen and hydrogen, uh, tanks on the thing because they could mix them for water or air or fuel as needed. Um, so you have an environment of pressurized pure oxygen, uh, a lot of flammable crap like Velcro, and basically a spark caused an inferno, and they luckily died of asphyxiation fairly instantly. Um, yeah, burning's not good for you. In uh, these interviews with the engineers that worked on it, talked about coming in the next day uh, after the fire to like you know, start doing stuff, and the engineers had to take the bodies out. Oh. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know who else <laughs> would do it, but, like... Me uh, neither, but, like, uh, yeah. The coroner? I don't know. Yeah. Seems like there should be a, a dead body specialist called in for those occasions. Yeah. Um, and I think something screwy with the oxygen was also the Apollo 13 problem. I did see the movie with Tom Hanks, but I do not remember. <laughs> it turns out that the Soviets encountered the problems with pressurized pure oxygen uh, prior to this. Uh, they had a room which is basically like a solitary confinement prison. Like, so for the incidental wokeness of the Soviets using women engineers and pilots, like... Mm. Nothing about their program was remotely yeah. ethical um, because they would 
they wouldn't tell the uh, prospective cosmonauts how long they were going to be in this chamber to just, you know, test long-term exposure to oxygen and isolation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So at the end of one of these 10-day tests, uh, the cosmonauts told, you know, you're done, we're going to depressurize and let you out. And he's taking his stuff off. He's using um, an alcohol swab to get the sticky stuff off of him because, you know, they're probably hooked up to brainwave electrodes and heart monitors and all that crap. Right. Um, and he tossed it carelessly and it landed on his hot plate, which was uh, also described as always being on because, lol, Russia, it was cold it was in there. Chilly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was chilly in their in their isolation booths. Right. So the room, which was still depressurizing at the time, exploded. You know, since they were like in the process of letting him out, you know, this was responded to, you know, instantly. And mm-hmm. he was barely alive, basically melted, uh died later. Uh uh his last words were a very uh indoctrinated it's my fault. I'm sorry. No one else is to blame. Well, he didn't want any of his colleagues to get like arrested and sent to the gulag or whatever. Yeah, it's just. If you're dying because you've got no skin anymore, you might as well try to save some people. I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's no communication. So, you know. Uh, the opposite, in fact. Right. <laughs> I mean, there was attempted spying, but. Yeah, after a while, Russia's entire, like, research thing was industrial espionage. Right. <laughs> um, we weren't quite there yet in, in this era, but it, well, it eventually... Well, we uh, didn't need to at the that. time. But yeah, so could have learned from that if, you know, we were just not doing this as rival nations. <laughs> and, yeah. of course, the pure oxygen thing was addressed as a concern, Um uh, or rather voiced as a concern before the fire. <laughs> um, and it remained how things worked for the rest of the Apollo program because uh, classic engineering response of it would be too much work to like go add a nitrogen canister to this thing that was made to have an oxygen and hydrogen canister to it. Yeah. They changed the hatch, though. <laughs> well, that's something. Yep. Although if you burst into flame when you're actually in space... Opening the hatch and leaving isn't the best option. Well, I mean, neither you nor the fire can breathe space. True. So I guess if you can then get back in. <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing. It's amazing what the earliest astronauts were willing to, like, risk in pursuit of something that had not a whole lot of practical good. Like... Manned? So, okay. So I guess at the time, like, computers were bad, and robotics weren't that great, and communication across space (laughs) was, uh, we didn't really have satellites yet, and it was a whole thing. Uh, So really, humans were kind of, it would make things easier to send up actual humans to do things, and like, but, but, but aside from that, like, we really could have done, uh, made an awful lot of the discoveries about things other than what it's like for a human to be in space, which is just not that interesting. Um, 
by gathering moon rocks and finding out what's up with the moon, uh, which tells us certain things about what's up with the galaxy and what's up with the universe and whatever, uh, with with unmanned uh, robotic vehicles. Uh, like, personally, if I were the boss at the time, <laughs> rather than working on creating, I don't know. It's true that I don't have a good handle on what exactly was technologically possible at the time, but it seems more useful to me to pursue robotics than to pursue manned space flight. Yeah. <laughs> but I value human life. I don't know. Whatever. People like to cite that like NASA was using um, like 60% of the uh, transistors being manufactured at the time, but like that wasn't advancing the science I mean, I guess it was maybe advancing the manufacturing to meet NASA's sudden doubling of the background rate of <laughs> demand amongst other researchers. And at least, you know, during the 60s, we hadn't invented um, health insurance yet. So it's <laughs> it's not like we were not spending the money on uh, American health care. <laughs> you know, well, we didn't have, you know, the environment to worry about yet. I guess we did. That was discovered, you know. We just dumped <laughs> whatever into the waterways and, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. Right. But the government had too much money to know what to do with and decided this was a use for it because it wasn't like we were going to use any of it addressing, uh, you know, the glaring social injustice <laughs> issues of the era. Well, no. And... I mean, I guess a lot did come out incidentally of what NASA actually did, even if what I think, <laughs> shockingly, whether or not if, uh, I think what they were focusing on was silly. <laughs> um, some interesting uh, stuff came out of that, not that I can cite any particular examples at, at the current moment, but I know that there are lists of these sorts of things. Oh, they, uh, they invented those really great pens. Someone did. Well, I mean, yeah, somebody did because of manned space flight. Well, yes. It's that, true that NASA didn't. Right. It was the reason Although, was for he it. under contract? Uh, no, I think, um, I think it was just was made... It just for funsies? I think he was just made aware of the need and decided to go about solving it. But, uh, but either way, the uh, pencil myth isn't true. Um, they didn't use pencils because graphite flakes off and causes <laughs> Apollo 1 fires. Yeah, or even just fucks with your electronics. It's yeah. not great to have a bunch of graphite dust flying around. But, I mean, we do have modern NASA to thank for uh, most of hurricane tracking and climate change data. So, I mean, there's that. It'd be nice if we could act on, yeah. you know, either of those pieces of information. Uh, <laughs> what a time to record this. <laughs> what an administration to, ha to happen to be 50 years from then. Jesus Christ. Yeah, my uh, my building had its flags flying at half-mast today for the massacres, plural, over the yeah. weekend. And it's fine. No, it, it's perfectly fine. I, I like how the it's Onion... It's the video games. The Onion changed their uh, recommended section <laughs> to just be their, um, their repeats of the uh, No Way to Prevent This says Only Country Where It Happens story. Yeah. Yeah, it's impossible to write satire now. <laughs> right like it, was the onion like some monkey paw shit like what <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we all laughed in the early to mid-aughts, and now here we are. I mean, the Simpsons foresaw. Yeah. So this means that our next president is a woman who's going to kind of fix things, except her idiot brother is going to screw stuff up. Who has a brother? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, No, he handled the uh, debt situation because he just said, come on, you used to be cool to everyone. Hmm, true. Um, So that brings us to our our, our modern things here, which is uh, there was uh, going around Twitter a couple weeks ago, some douchebag talking about why you should keep your 10x engineers and then as like an asset to uh you didn't use the word abuse but abuse you know well i mean so this guy is a venture capitalist and not he he largely described uh the kind of employee who is totally worthless on a team who will make everyone around them worse and ruin everything? Uh, which, if you're a venture, if you're a venture capitalist, that's fine because you just keep pouring uh, money into it until the minimum viable product exists, and then you hope to sell the whole plate of spaghetti <laughs> to yeah. like Oracle or somebody, and then it becomes their problem. Yeah. So that that was one problem with it. Um, but the other one was that people who can do. Or write the code of 10 people, but can't interact with 10 other people, you know, are probably like that's worth looking into for them. Like they need help. You know, they're not just a burden slash asset, depending on how you use it. But, you know, in this country, we don't give a crap about mental health or diagnosing adults with anything. Um, Yeah, it's just so hard for me to like, because I've met some people who are like that or think they're like that and they're just gigantic assholes yeah (laughs) so i have a really hard time having any sympathy and saying oh well these people actually need help because first of all they don't believe that they do yeah they they think that they're you know stupendous geniuses and that everybody else needs to just chill the hell out and go away and i will give you a product when it is ready and you know never no you can't look at the source code (laughs) yeah um and the other thing was um was it like today that this happened um five reason anxious people make the best employees now so that's tongue-in-cheek to be fair yes like, it's it a is joke. yes yes it is but but, but a lot of it but was it's like not wrong uncomfortably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of it is like me like oh mm-hmm. yes that that is accurate like anxious employees definitely work from home when they're working from home because they're terrified of being caught <laughs> we're worried about being in trouble like i'm i'm constantly terrified of getting in trouble somehow right um and they're amazing in an emergency because um they are always on fire on the inside <laughs> We stay up at night imagining worst case scenarios. So when one of them happens, we're like at least a little bit prepared for it. We've foreseen this inevitability in which everything goes to shit. Already had nightmares about it. <laughs> so we know what didn't work, which is whatever we did in the nightmare. Right. <laughs> um, and finally, uh, to bring this to um, science for science sake, maybe or not, uh, is the whole complicated issue of the telescope that is... Uh, to be built on the highest mountain in Hawaii. Yeah. So this one, like, I have a lot of really mixed feelings about this one. Oh, it's like, on the one hand, 
<laughs> it's really, really horrible what was done to Native Hawaiian people. Like, there are, like, I think there are proportionally fewer of them around than even Native Americans who were also mightily fucked over by the United States government. Uh, although, to be fair, ha, Native uh, Hawaiians were fucked over more by private interests uh, than, than the government itself, although the government certainly came in eventually and et cetera, et cetera. White people are terrible. Um, That's our superpower. So I, I haven't like fully researched what exactly is sacred about it and which particular deities are etc um but sacred ground much like many mountains are sacred to native american people um and on the other hand it's the best place to put on earth which is the only place where we live uh mm -hmm. to put this telescope to find out more stuff about what's going on in the universe which is good to know um so so I'm like I I cannot I can't pick a side here like everybody <laughs> it's 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 uh your your proverbial rock in a hard place uh, I guess the telescope is it, itself is is the hard place <laughs> um cuz I do uh feel really terrible for the native Hawaiian people I mean I lived in Hawaii for years wait did a whole Hawaiian history thing for multiple school years that I was there. Uh, so, like, yeah, it was real bad. Uh, and it, it sucks. Um, <laughs> it, it sucks that, like, so there aren't Hawaiian... Well, there, well, that's not entirely true. There, there aren't exactly uh, Hawaiian reservations, although there are um, pieces of... Hawaiian land that's only available to Hawaiian people to like try to live uh, a culturally in, in a culturally authentic way. Um, there's also the island of Niihau, which is uh, where people only speak Hawaiian and you can't go there unless you're invited and stuff. Um, but that's like a tiny island, like way the hell out there. So that also kind of sucks. Um, and it's not like a gift. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> And and I think it's Mauna Kea. I should I should like I always mix them up because it's Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea, and like those are too similar. My brain just files them. They they're all data is stuffed into one file folder. Um, but anyway, it's uh, evidently a sacred place, which you know makes sense because um, it's a real high mountain and it was a volcano and stuff, and that's you know powerful in in a way that a, a religion might form around uh but it's such a good place to put a telescope yeah i don't really have a side either um i'm not sympathetic to religion but i am sympathetic to culture right like i don't <laughs> i don't believe that there's actually like a god in the mountain who will be angered but I do believe that there are people who have been, who have like, what do they call that? Like, uh, generational wounds or whatever. Right. Uh, something, it's called something like that. Um, and it's nice to not keep hurting people who have already been grievously injured, you know, but, but it's such a great place to put a telescope. Yeah. And I get that this has been, you know, a project decades in the making, but um, I also kind of think it's bad optics, pardon the pun, um, <laughs> to like not pause this, like 
during this whole administration. Yeah. Like so much so much science is um being gutted right now. <laughs> like the important science we need about like how long we have to make climate change uh only um kinda catastrophic, you know, keeping track of hurricanes because as we discussed previously uh we have a way to die now in terms of intensity mm -hmm. for them <laughs> and i also get that this is an international effort but you know with just the way that the current administration is treating everyone um <laughs> and there are just so many crises going on right now that and like i get it you know an astronomer who specializes in looking into a telescope, cannot turn around and work on climate change. iPhone engineers can't work on the Mac Pro. Like, I get it. Um, I'm just saying, like, it just looks so bad right now. Yeah, like, I would not find it surprising if, like, some memos were leaked that people were like, yeah, we extra have to do this for the sake of being shitty to brown people. Um because that seems to be like a big uh, driver of policy for this administration. If only there were some way that we could make uh, make the current administration think that 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 fixing climate change would somehow uh, be uh, being shitty to 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 Mexican people specifically. If only there were some <laughs> way to spin that. You know, and this this is what frustrates me about um, everyone. Like since Al Gore opened his mouth, is that. Solar panels and wind turbines, like, personal, are so incredibly libertarian-ready, and so many off-grid Texans use them already, that, like, why can't you just message it like, hey, let's get off of oil imported from terrorists and socialist countries like Canada? Well, because the thing is, when you say that, all they hear is, let's burn more coal. <sighs> yeah. You know what's kind of funny? So that, it is Mauna Kea that we're talking about. Uh, and the little, uh, you know how Google has those little fact sheets on the right pane of the, of the website? It says that the first ascent of Mauna Kea was in 1823. Now, I think color you me mean. skeptical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be the first white person ascent, but... I would not be shocked to learn that some of the Native Hawaiian people who were there for some time before that, uh, at least a few of them might have decided, that's a big-ass mountain, I'm a climate. Yeah, and this gets me uh, to, uh, back to conspiracies here. Um, <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> so the uh, common criticism of the ancient astronaut hypothesis, which of course is bullcrap, is that right. it's uh, racist to say that aliens built the pyramids because, of course, uh, native Egyptians and Jews couldn't have built the pyramids because they were inferior and I am a white person. <laughs> um, but the uh, uh, defense of that, not that it deserves defending, is <laughs> that I don't think you can say that if you're a Christian because the actual... Ancient aliens hypothesis is that 
every religion in the world is correct if you substitute God for aliens and treat their texts as literal. And it uh. kind of makes me feel that, like, you know, it's like, so so what is, you know, legitimate Egyptology? Like, we just draw a line that somewhere in, you know, 1800-something when white people started doing it, <laughs> that that wasn't grave robbing anymore? Or that white people looking into even ancient Hawaiian burial grounds isn't grave robbing? Or that uh, yeah. weird burial ground uh, developers found in a Florida swamp isn't grave robbing once the American, uh, the Americans, you know, quote unquote, start looking into it. Like, if white uh, people are doing it, it's archaeology. Don't worry. Right. But like, it's all desecration. All of it. All, nobody's hands Pretty are much. clean. All of science no. is, you know, like, I mean, to uh, bring a Jurassic Park quote into this, you know, the uh, blank <laughs> of the natural world. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm just angry at everything this week. <laughs> Yeah, because everything's pretty bad, is the thing. Right, and the current environment just takes, you know, stuff that used to be cool stuff, like space, and it just, you know, gives me a new layer of cynicism. We have to find a funny one for next week for real now. <laughs> we do. This has been... It's too, ma it's too many. It's hard these days. Yeah. But... Yeah.